Welcome to Manifestation Lizified, your weekly dose of inspiration. This podcast is rooted in the belief that a positive mindset can improve every aspect of your life, from work to relationships to your overall well-being. By changing the way you interact with the world and approaching it from a positive place, you will manifest a fulfilled life of your creation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Manifestation Lizified. So today we have Monica. She is a confidence coach helping women overcome the fear of being seen, people-pleasing, and low self-worth. So Monica, really psyched to have you here. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Liz. I'm honored that you asked me to come on here. I'm super stoked. Yeah, so a little bit about me is that I'm running my own company, the Inner Soul Communications, as a confidence coach. And my day job to pay the bills for right now um, is I work in a hospital setting. Um, I'm also excited to be launching my free four day self love mastermind class this Sunday. So I've got a lot of people stoked for that. And I'm just really excited to empower and inspire women, especially, you know, during these COVID times, we can use a little extra TLC. Oh, girl, let me tell you, I think all of us, especially, you know, a lot of the folks who listen to this podcast are career women, and many of us have experienced burnout, or in general, we're, you know, we're a year into the pandemic, we're literally recording this on March 11th of 2021. And it's a year into the pandemic. And you know, we, we keep thinking business as usual, business as usual, but mentally it, we're, we're tired. I think everyone across the board is tired and, you know, it's, we're only doing just enough, right? Exactly. Exactly. It can get exhausting, especially if you've got kids, a family, family illnesses and other stuff tacked on there. It's quite difficult to maneuver at times. <laughs> oh my goodness. Absolutely. So speaking of, I know that you're a self-proclaimed uh, or recovering yes girl. So I wanted to know, what does that mean to you exactly? Yeah. So being a yes girl, I dealt with that for many, many years growing up. Um, and I wanted to give a little bit of a background and then I can share some tips if that's cool with you. Fabulous. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So I feel like people pleasing is a learned behavior from those that we're surrounded with our in our environment. So as a child, you know, we see the people closest to us and how they're interacting with others and like how they're handling their own internal and external conflict. So then we grow up modeling that learned behavior. And in terms of what I dealt with, and I think many people my age can relate to it, is that you we grew up in a society where you had to respect authority, like adults dictated how we dressed, the friends we interacted with and the clubs we joined. I know you talked about this uh, somewhat in your posts too. Like um, we can't be defined by our, uh, by our bosses, colleagues, and friends. We shouldn't be seeking external validation from them. And I know that like teachers, when we're kids, they dictate our grades. They dictate the level of attention we receive in the classroom. And then even our friends' parents, because I grew up in a very competitive neighborhood, are like my friends' parents, they sized up the value and worth that I would bring to their child. Like, did I have a family that was well-connected or have famous friends? Was I wearing clothing with, that was stylish enough or was I in the right accelerated classes? So what that caused me to do is not trust my intuition, 
to not trust my gut and feel like being my authentic self wasn't good enough. It wasn't safe. And like, I just had to suppress it. And I think that's where my people pleasing behavior stemmed. I said, all right, I have to make this other person happy. Obviously this adult knows um, what's best for me in life. So, yeah. And then did you want me to go into tips or? Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to kind of comment a little bit about what you're saying. And I just, especially it was an interesting perspective that you even felt as a child that like the, your friend's parents were sizing you up in, in terms of what value could you could bring to the table. And it's just funny because I do, I think a lot of this saying yes and all of that jazz really falls into our childhood and you know, whatever influences we have. I, I've mentioned this previously on the podcast, but I mean, I'm, I'm Hispanic, right? And my, my, my family's Cuban. And so from a cultural perspective, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more of a machismo male, male dominated culture. Um, you don't mean for it to be, but sometimes it happens. And even in the workplace, I would find myself, you know, when I was first early on, you found yourself kind of people pleasing to the men, you know, and you're just like, what is this? What, what am I doing? Almost like a like a father figure in a not in a weird way, but yeah, it was weird. Either way you swing it, you know, just because in like a in, in that culture, you know, there was a little bit of a, oh, well, he's the guy head of the household, that kind of situation, you know, and I just I do. I, I think you, you bring up such a valid point that it usually stems and starts from when we're very young and usually because we, we've been kind of seeing the actions of others and we're following suit. Exactly. And to touch off your point too, that's really fascinating that you found yourself people pleasing more towards men um, in the workplace. Now that you're thinking about it, I can reflect on it too. Like I grew up where my mom was a stay at home mom and, and my dad, he worked to pay the bills. And I feel like that's what used to happen back in the day. It's like the male was the head of the household. And then oftentimes in business roles and the CEOs and vice presidents, those were given to men. Those weren't necessarily given to women. So it, it's kind of subconsciously ingrained in us to please men, whether it's in friendships, relationships, or career. So I, I like your point. That's totally valid, even though it, it's frustrating. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and actually, and I know this is funny, but I was just watching a earlier today, I was looking at uh, corporate Natalie on Instagram. She she's got these really funny reels and TikTok videos about you know working in the ro workplace, like remote life, etc. But she had one post that literally was just kind of this joke about like you know literally what it's like to be a woman in the workplace. And every single little clip that she did was, oh, I'm I'm sorry that you didn't notice or read that email, or I'm sorry for you know bumping into you, or I'm sorry, like, and how much as women, we oftentimes apologize. We might be in the right and we're still apologizing. And I think that falls into that people-pleasing mentality and just this kind of like archaic and reminiscent look at us as women, I guess. And like, and this like residual, um, just this like residual energy, I guess. I, I don't know how, how best to phrase it, but I was also watching the BBC show. Um, oh, what's it called? Call the Midwife. It's great. It's set in the 1950s. But even then, you're looking at some of the views of women um, and, and just some of the things that they cite, like no men in the delivery room or, well, a woman can't hold a position like that or, or just things that are said. And, and you realize you're like, this was just the 1950s. This isn't even a century ago, but it was the 1950s. So we forget oftentimes, you know, how recent women's rights have only come onto the scene. And I feel like there's just still this like generational residual um, 
mindset that we're slowly shaking and shimmying out of. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree with your point. And you're right. It hasn't, the 1950s was not that long ago, if we think about it. And it's crazy just to put ourselves in their shoes and imagine how much of their ego they had to suck up and how much of just their livelihood they had to just deal with and people please. So you're right. And it, and that's why I like being a confidence coach and just being a inspirational source for women. And there's a huge community of women that I follow that inspire me every day, but I love that, you know, you can have your own podcast and speak your voice and talk about things that just are so empowering for women and people, women to own their own companies. And we're really moving forward and being inspirational for our daughters. And I mean, I don't have any children, but I think for either the next generation of women that are coming up or our daughters for those who have them. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into your tips, right? I really want to know how can we as women or people in general stop people pleasing and just say no? Yes. So this is what I I wanted to share from my personal point of view and wisdom and what's worked for me. So the moment I started loving my self and utilizing my voice and realizing that I am someone and I need to take ownership of the direction of my life. I can either say yes, yes, yes to other people and situations and then prolong my suffering, my depression, my anxiety, and um, kind of suppress my growth. Or I can say, you know what, this is me unapologetically. I don't want to engage with you as a friend. I actually want to cut off our friendship because it's a little bit toxic. I've tried to communicate with you multiple times, my boundaries and the way I want you to treat me. I feel like I've presented it a few times and, you know, you haven't followed through at all. And I would give friends chances. And if I saw no improvement in their behavior towards me or level of respect, I would end it. There, there was no problem. I know a lot of other their women struggle that let go period it's almost like a breakup but with the female friendship um let me think what else oh and just kind of expressing my needs and wants in relationships like I've been with my husband for 10 years now and when you go through different stages in your life you know from dating to fiance to marriage there's different stages that you go through in terms of career moving into a home, starting a business. And so you keep having to up-level your communication and meet each other at the new stage of their life that they're at. It's not just you get married and there's a happy ending. It's this continuous growth. So bottom line, I think in any sort of situation, whether it's romantic or non-romantic, you really have to know who you are. You have to stand up for what you want and say yes to yourself not yes to someone else. And you have to say yes to the direction of life that you want yourself to be at when you're 60 and 80. So you can be proud of yourself and just inspire and empower other women to follow suit. So it really sounds like the basis to, and you know what, I I think that this kind of correlates with my own journey as well. I think one of the biggest ways 
that I'm sensing from you in, in order to stop kind of people pleasing, it, it all starts to come a little bit back to uh, self-love and, and having that confidence in yourself, your values and what, uh, what matters to you and really getting clear on that. Exactly. Yeah. The clearer you are, it's kind of like owning your own business. You know, the clearer you are on who you, you know, what type of business you are and the clients that you want to have and the program you want to run. It's like, you know, exactly where you're going. Well, even though people are not businesses, you know, I'm not a business, you're not a business. We kind of are just a body of business. You know, you still need clarity planning and direction about where the heck you want to be when you're an old damn lady you want to have a fulfilling life yes we're all looking for that fulfilling life and I think everyone listening to this podcast is probably feeling that way as well so (laughs) I want to pivot a little bit I know that you had mentioned in the past that we had something in common you've experienced some hardcore workplace burnout And one of the biggest questions that I've pondered because I've experienced it myself is the coming back from it. How, after going through that period of just straight burnout, have you coped with it afterwards? So tell us a little bit about your burnout experience and how you coped after. Okay. So can I have ask a follow-up question in terms of coping with the behavior? Is this the toxic behavior that you did to cope with it or how you helped yourself overcome the burnout? I would say how you helped yourself overcome the burnout. Yeah. Yeah. So I know when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that you had struggled with taking lunch breaks. That was a main thing, you know, working long hours, rarely taking lunch breaks because we thought productivity was really the trademark of a good employee. And then you had those throbbing headaches. So my burnout came oftentimes, I have a perfectionist attitude a long time ago. So I don't ever want to disappoint anyone. I want to do the right thing and look the right way. That's what I was like before. So whether I was going to school full-time and working or working in the hospital setting and growing my business, I was just burning myself at both ends of the, of the candle and completely in masculine energy. I felt it was almost a crime to put my soul into feminine energy because that's bad. That's not productive. That's not how you make sales or move up the career ladder. So it wasn't until I started realizing that self-love is the most important gift you can give yourself in life, as well as connection to a community and having quality time with my husband and fur babies, because at the end of the day, you can always quit a job. You can quit the corporation, but you know, they're not going to be there to support you when you're 80 years old. It's going to be your health. That's going to be lingering there. It's going to be your husband and the friends that you've brought into your life. So once I shifted my perspective from, Ooh, it's a crime to be in feminine energy. Um, the world really opened up and all of these aligned things started to enter my life and I was no longer burned out. It was very bizarre, Liz. It was almost like magic. So you know what? I feel like a lot of people listening to this might not be as familiar with the terms like masculine and feminine energy. Why? Can you give a little bit of an overview and like examples of, of what being in feminine energy is? Sure. So To me, masculine energy means that you're being super productive. You're you're just in work mode. You're a workhorse. You're 
getting things done, you're checking stuff off your list, you're moving up the career ladder, like there are tangible things that you can tell other people about to seek external validation. That's just one example. Whereas feminine energy is when you're coming into yourself, you're being creative, maybe you're um, going to the spa, you are having a fun yoga workout with your friend, you know, you're just living in the present moment, loving life and creating stuff for your business, interior decorating your home. And so oftentimes in the American society, we can view downtime or alone time as something that's frowned upon, like, oh, you're being lazy, where we don't recognize the precious gift that feminine energy and self-care can be for our mindset. Yes. And you know what? I believe um, the Danish concept of, of, of huga actually speaks to this, right? Having that proper balance and those moments of downtime and how important they are. I'm actually I'm eyeing a book on that and I want to kind of dive a lot deeper into it because I, I, I do find it fascinating. And I do think that it's as an American society and a culture, we don't do enough of it. You know, my CEO always talks about this concept of work-life balance doesn't exist. It's all about work-life blend, right? Like blending our personal lives with our professional lives. Sometimes personal things happen during the work hours and like sometimes work hours happen a little bit after but it's a matter of really blending it and I agree with that to an extent but I am like more and more I want to say in the last year I really do feel that yes I think there's aspects of our lives where we blend but I also think that there's almost like an ebb and flow or a balance with that masculine and feminine energy too. And I guess it's twofold, right? It's it's that our lives kind of blend like work. It's it's not just work nine to five and, you know, and then our, our personal lives, you know, we're kind of all infused. It, it's all a blended experience. But when it comes to the ebb and flow of the masculine, masculine and feminine energy, I, I think that really is about having this consistent balance. And so I don't want to like completely rule out the term and the concept of balance, because again, it it comes back to like yin yang, positive and negative. And and I feel like everything in nature has this like positive, negative, uh, you know, fire, earth, wind, what, you know, (laughs) all right, now I'm just getting into the elements, but you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Yeah. I feel like I need to go on an avatar, the last airbender, right? Oh my God, you're hilarious. (laughs) No, it's true though. Yeah. Yeah. And um, well, speaking of that, actually, is a perfect segue into my next question for you, which is really about how do you balance your life or how did you, or how, how do you balance your life truly in your nine to five? Cause here you are starting a business as well as trying to balance a, a, you know, nine to five career. You know, how, how do you do that? What, what tips can you offer for, for those listening? Yeah. So the place that I'm in now with how I do the day job and then come home at night to work on my business Um, launching stuff and working with one-on-one clients and doing that on the weekends is I'm really intentional about my mornings. You know, I, I, everyone has things that are different that work for them. So I won't get into it, but I make sure to have time for myself, whether it's an hour or only five minutes, because I feel like when you give to yourself first and foremost, then you're able to serve in your day job because you know, it's exhausting. Um, especially if it's a day job you, you dislike, but, um, so I'm really intentional about my morning. And then when I go into work, 
I time manage my tasks really well so that in the morning, I know exactly what I'm doing and need to get done and who I need to meet and talk to and organize things with. And then I make sure that I take my lunch because I remember, you know, Liz, I was telling you and you too, we wouldn't take our lunch because that was viewed as bad for us. Or maybe I should just speak for myself, but I take that lunch because I'm stepping into my feminine energy realigning myself and my mindset if I've been exhausted from the morning tasks and then I can tackle and come with a brand new energy to the afternoon and finish it off fresh and then when I come home from work I usually will listen to music to kind of reset the energy from okay now I'm shifting from the work the day job to my real business, which is my passion. So I'm doing stuff to just cool down and then I'll go and take a shower and just wipe away the energy from the day job and bring in brand new magic into the evening because it can get exhausting. You know, most of us think, well, I just want to watch Netflix. I just want to kick back with the wine. I don't want to do that. I'm exhausted. But when you reset and realign your mind, then you can go into the evening and the weekends with just as much energy as you started those Monday mornings. Um, so that's what I do. And with those small transitions um, in between things, I'll usually listen to hype music because it really pumps up your energy, not only um, physically, but emotionally as well. And then you're like, damn, all right, let's go, let's do it. And you're giving the best of yourself to your company and your clients in those one-on-one sessions. And that's all, that's all what it's about, at least for me. Ooh, I have a date later, um, at, like a little bit after this call. And you know what? I've been falling asleep very early lately. And I'm like, you know what? I think a little hype music after this podcast interview is exactly what I need to kind of get ready and get going. Maybe while I'm putting my makeup on and whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but you you bring up a lot of really great valid points. And the idea of shifting our mindset and shifting our energy and uh, what you said about lunch you're right. And, and and I know you and I have talked about this extensively a little bit is just taking that lunch hour. And you were talking about a shift in energy. I feel like I used to have this mentality that I shouldn't take a break until I'm at the point of exhaustion, right? Or when the headache is coming on or, you know, it's like, it's like, because sometimes I've had to in the last few weeks and even before like months, you know, you just kind of are like, no, no, no I can still keep going. And it's like, no, take this break. You don't need to keep going. You put this and time blocked it into your calendar, now take it because then you come with that renewed energy and that renewed sense of self. Um, Something that I do, I I do have a tougher time working after work on my side hustle. Sometimes I'll bang out a blog post or things that make sense. I realized, and, and I took that sleep chronotype test. And if anyone is interested, it's a really interesting quiz that kind of lets you know, you know, are you a lion, a dolphin, a bear, or a wolf? And it really kind of helps you to understand when you, what times of the day you're most productive, when you should do certain tasks. And for me, nighttime is just not ideal. So occasionally I'll do some blog posts at night. Occasionally I'll do some editing at night, but I, I really try to just bang things out in the morning. So like you said, I, I try to wake up two, three hours before I have to start my work day, which gives me time to kind of get into that flow state. And to your point, you fill your own cup before you start things, right? You, you're having the opportunity to kind of do what'll move the needle for you on a personal level. So sometimes I'll, I'll focus on 
a few things here and there from a side hustle perspective. And then I'll do some personal journaling. I'll have my lovely breakfast and then I'm ready to start my, my work day. And what I do is similar to you is I, I do time block. I organize. What are the things that are really going to move the needle? Do I have time for this? What can I delegate? What makes sense? And, and, and sometimes you look at your schedule and you go, there's no way I can get all of that done. What actually can move? What actually can't move? Or do I need to set some, some different expectations? And I think that that's uh, really, really helpful when it comes to just kind of balancing your day across the board. I, I absolutely love that. I love how you've chosen to set up your mornings and you found things that worked for you and you reflect and adjust based on the needs of your day. Like, can I really get that done? Is that realistic? Maybe there's something else you weren't expecting that came up. And I love that you are just open to that flow of energy. And that sounds like a badass morning love. Yes. And you know what? And and something that I feel like a lot of people need to hear. And I was actually just telling this to a colleague because, you know, I was assigning her an assignment and I'm giving a deadline because I, I need to give a deadline. Right. But more often than not, if you ask your boss, if you ask the person who's assigning you something more often than not, the deadline is fluent, uh, is fluid. You know, sometimes it's okay. We can move it. We can adjust it. Sometimes the deadlines are arbitrary because it's like, well, we'd like to get it done by this day. But is, is you know, if you have, you know, these five things on your plate that are urgent, no, like th- this can wait. We can push this back to Thursday. No big deal. Um, you know, occasionally there's going to be moments where you're like, oh no, this client needs the st- strategy deck by Tuesday and it's Monday. And it's like, all right, well, got to buckle down and do it. But, but having that fluidity and that flexibility in your schedule by knowing what truly is urgent, what truly is important, what truly needs to get done is going to help you to prioritize and say, okay, I now need to shift my schedule because I need to dedicate three hours to work on the strategic deck and get it done at the time that it <laughs> needs to get done without working till 11 PM at night, you know? Totally. Totally. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. Is there any last thing that you wanted to share with our listeners before I let you go? No, not anything that I wanted to share, but just to tell you, please DM me that quiz, that sleep quiz (laughs) that I can do. And that you'll have to let me know what hype music you end up listening to on your date night. You have a sexy night there. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I'm kind of feeling like maybe popping on some Shakira vibes right Ooh, now. I love that. Yeah. Little dancing while I put my makeup on. That sounds like a good solid plan. Yes, I love that. Well, I want to say thank you so much for having me on this podcast. You're just a ball of energy, an amazing soul. And I love all the great things that you're doing. So it's been so delightful. No, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great. I'll admit some of that energy is I had three cups of coffee today, but you know, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I yeah, sometimes I have to be careful not to have too much coffee before certain client calls. <laughs> Otherwise, I just keep going. Anyways, um, so if my listeners want to find you and learn a little bit more about you, where can, where can they go? Sure. So y- you can find me on my website, which is innersoulcommunications.com. And that's with an S, so innersoulcommunications com, Or you can find me on my Instagram handle, which is the same inner soul communications for a lot of amazing stuff. I'm so authentic. And honestly, I love people and connecting. So check me out. And I'd love to check out every amazing thing that you're up to as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Liz. Thank you guys so very much for listening. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave me a review. You can also find a few more doses of inspiration over at my Instagram at manifestationlizified. All right. Have an awesome, awesome day.